Welcome to the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast brought to you by Proudmouth. I'm your host, Matt Halloran. Being your own loud is not new to marketing, but the mindset, strategies, and resources to help you get there are evolving faster than this industry is keeping up. It is time to find a new perspective on what works why and how to move your business forward. Listen as I interview guests to help you learn from them how to be your own loud. Let's get to the show. Hello and welcome to another Top Advisor Marketing Podcast. You know, uh, I love being able to interview smart people. Uh, it just it makes me really, really happy. I get to meet so many cool people through the podcast, and one of them is is our guest today, Chipmon. Now, the, he's not a normal CEO of a financial services company. His, his company is called Signature Wealth Strategies, and he, he's wildly successful. But he's also the host of the Maximum Advisor podcast, and our paths crossed, and, and we've had, I don't know, two or three conversations. And he's just not only genuinely a good dude, but he's also doing some cool stuff. And that's what we're going to break down today. So, Chip, welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh, good to be here. Now, let's start from now and then back up. So let's talk about what Signature Wealth Strategies is now. Uh, so how many advisors, branches, so on and so forth. And then we're going to we're going to hit the rewind button. Sure. So now we have 12 offices in three states, North and South Carolina and Kentucky, just short of $2 billion in assets under management, about 50 team members. So 48, 49. We've been independent in the independent broker dealer space for five years. So when we did that, just a brief rewind, we, we joined uh, our independent broker dealer Back in 2016, we had just under 300 million. And from there until now, over the last five years, you know, we're up yeah, about six times or so. Okay. Did, was this your goal, brother? I mean, you know, you, you hung your shingle as a financial advisor uh, quite a while ago, mind you. I mean, you're not a spring chicken. I mean, neither of us are spring chickens anymore. When you did that, did you say, you know what? I want to own a billion dollar freaking help me with that. So if we go all the way back, I was a sixth grade school teacher. About halfway through the year, I decided that I didn't know what I was going to do, but I knew what I wasn't going to do, and that was teach school anymore. So I finished out the school year. It's a really weird thing when you're a school teacher in about April, right about spring break, you have to tell them whether or not you're coming back. Incredibly awkward. I told them I wasn't coming back. I got called into the principal's office, literally told what a mistake I was making. And I thought I wanted to go to law school. Yeah, mm -hmm. my family lost our family farm. Literally, we're that kind of that group that lost our family farm due, the, due to the death tax. We had to sell the farm, pay the taxes. And I, I thought I wanted to go to law school after teaching, wanted to kind of get into estate planning so the other people wouldn't deal with some of the things that we had dealt with. So Kind of fast forward, as it turns out, University of South Carolina does not let Clemson elementary education, I taught sixth grade, if I said that, elementary education majors are not their top pick for law school. So did not get in. My wife didn't want to move. We were in a place where, yeah, again, I, I knew that I could stock shelves at Rose's department store on third shift, and I would rather do that no, than man. go back into a room of 12-year-olds read a book on mutual funds, took what I thought was a sales job and felt like 
I could get into the planning arena and still help folks with the same thing just without having to go to law school. And so that's how I became a financial advisor. And then from there, it's just been a really interesting kind of growth path. But it, the, the growth path is fascinating because going from being a, you know, sixth grade teacher now to, to running really a juggernaut in, you know, in the South of, of the country, the Southeast of the country, is it just because doors just kept opening and you're like, yep, I'm going to walk through that. Cause uh, just so everybody knows the chip and I happen to have the same quick start score. We're a nine, if you know what that means, which basically is, um, okay, do it yesterday. And any idea is something that we want to field. So how did, how did you go from taking a sales job, really basic stuff, realizing that you can do financial planning and how have you built that into all of these different team members, all of these different offices under a great, mind you, everybody, this is a great brand. So, you know, I wouldn't have chip on if, if his brand stunk. So you have a great brand, a great message. I want you to walk us through a little bit more on, on the growth pattern. Most people didn't want to give their entire life savings to a 22 year old, former sixth grade school teacher. I convinced my now 22 years later, my partner to convince his father, who was the senior advisor in their team, to let me join them. They were old school stockbrokers. I said, well, I'll do the planning. You guys do the investments. And from there, one of the things that I've really, and it, it, has, it is a, a thread throughout everything that we've done, is that we're better together. And that kind of the two heads are better than one, but the more we work together. One of the things that I did back in the early 2000s, say 01, 02, was I read the book, The E-Myth by Michael Gerber. I was on vacation, literally on the back of a paper plate at three o'clock in the morning. If you've read the book, it talks about basically drawing out your organizational chart and putting your name in all the boxes. So I did that. There were only four of us at the time, Scott and I, his dad, and our assistant and but I, I wrote out this big and it had vp of operations and it even uh, to go back that far it even had a somebody on the sheet was a cold caller so that's how long ago it was that i that i made this i still have a photocopy of the i, I eventually threw the plate away but i still have a, a photocopy of the plate and i really man, I just kind of took that and said, okay, I won't, this is how I think it ought to be. How do I get myself, elevate myself from some of the lower kind of responsibility things? How do I move myself up the ladder? And, and did the same with my partner. And so we've always then, we've operated kind of from that, but really more from that mindset, which is that if the two of us, if I was good at planning, he was good at investments. If we were going to bring on another person, they needed to be good at something different. So somebody with compliance or 401k plans. And it really was the idea of building out something locally first that that could work as a, uh, as a combined model. I, I, what we've done then after that has been our office historically has been what I would call kind of the laboratory, the test kitchen, if you will, for new things. And then we have, as we have perfected them to the extent that you perfect anything, as we have figured out what works, then being able to grow an organization where we can share that with other people and benefit from their ideas as well. As you have continued to grow, because I know that a lot of our listeners think to themselves, wow, I would really love to have this sort of a footprint, right? 
what what are some of the biggest drawbacks that you have found in this level of growth and this quickness of growth that you've had at least you know since you went independent from what did you say 300 million to what uh 1.8 1.9 that's pretty big growth dude right what are what are some of the biggest things that you're like okay hell if i had a chance to do this over again i wouldn't have made this mistake well the first thing i I think in building any team that you have to be mindful of is kind of going back to the original is the strengths and weaknesses And, and i would say one of the things that became apparent to me relatively quickly is the difference between signing the back of a paycheck and the front of a paycheck. Two totally different experiences. For me, one of the best decisions that we made and one that really accelerated our ability to grow without me killing myself was bringing on professional management and understand the difference between leadership and management. And really, in order to scale, you need both. But if you've ever read the book Rocket Fuel by Gino Wickman and I forget Mark's last name right off, but it talks about the visionary integrator mix. And so finding an integrator for me was really kind of, again, to quote the book, the rocket fuel for us being able to, to grow. Well, hold on. How did you find that person? Because that's one of the biggest problems that I think inhibits or prohibits. I don't know which word I'm supposed to use there. People's success is, is that I refer, I've always referred to it as a number two. It's because you've got the visionary and then you have to have the, some, the, the person who's going to be the glue, the implementer for us here at Proudmouth. It's Lisa. Lisa's our COO. If it wasn't for her, we would be flying off the rails left and right. How in the heck did you find that person? And even more importantly, how did you feel comfortable delegating some of these bigger things to that person so that one, you could free up your time and two, allow them to be who they want to be? So the first thing, found them. We worked together at our old broker dealer. This individual, his name's Barry. Barry, our COO, was over operations and technology at our broker dealer, which had 400 advisors before we went independent. One of the things I would point out is we always think that on the prospecting, on the business development, new client side, this is a relationship business. One of the things that's easy to forget is that that is also true when it comes to building a team. For me, one of the things that we didn't do in leaving our old broker dealer, not to say that there weren't hard feelings, right? Because that's just part of the deal, is we didn't burn on our end any bridges. So over time, when eventually Barry and several other executives left, formed a consulting group, and we asked them to to come and evaluate they had experience, right? Our chief legal officer at the old firm, now he's our general counsel. They had experience running a larger operation, bringing them in, kind of opening up the hood, letting them take a look. And after they came back to us with suggestions, we were able to articulate a vision that was exciting enough that they were willing to stop doing one-off consulting and join us for the ride. And it's been, it's been wonderful for us. What do you think has been the key finding that implementer, creating a support structure so that the, the, the vision of you and your partner can be continuously kind of uh, sought after building an internal culture, which is the, one of the biggest things that I think a lot of financial services professionals really miss is they they're like, Oh, it's all about the client experience, but 
you know, the people who you're writing, you're, you're uh, signing the front of the check, as you said, they need to have a great experience too, because they can be your biggest advocates. Quick, quick digression here, dude. I was working with this advisor when I was still consulting and I was meeting with his number two. And, and I said, you know, have you ever referred anybody to the firm? Oh no. Well, why, why, why is that? Well, cause I wouldn't refer anybody here. Oh, oh, my heart. Oh, my heart. I was chip. It was brutal, man. So I love the fact that you focus on that. But so so part of Proudmouth right now is this idea of, of finding ways that people can accelerate their influence, whether that's through their marketing, through their growth and development as a company or whatever. But what do you think has been the the way that you because you've accelerated your influence very, very quickly? You are very influential. How did you make it so that people are like, I'm going to join that guy because you are the face of the company, right? I mean, I understand that you have a whole company and there's, you know, executive team structure and all that. Chip is the face of the company. How do we get people to follow you? What did you do to be so interesting and motivational and um, looked at as an influencer to make people really want to hitch their wagon to you, brother? So I think the key to influence is authenticity. I think ultimately for good or bad, yeah, uh, the fact that I'm the face of the company is not a particular, I don't know that my team would be all that. They let me be the voice. Uh, I'm not sure about the face, but in actuality, I think ultimately, right, any form of, yeah, I got sober seven and a half years ago. One of the things they talk about in 12-step meetings is attraction rather than promotion. And I think that's a big key to, to build in a business. And, and yeah, I have an entire kind of general methodology of how I think you, you ought to go about that. But I think ultimately, it's just about being yourself, being clear about where you're headed and being, being willing to open up, be a little bit vulnerable, and just be you. And I, I think that I've had the good fortune of uh, attracting you know, one of the last advisors that joined our group. In fact, the last advisor that's joined our group so far during the pandemic said, I feel like you built signature just for me. And I think that that resonated with me because that's how you would, you know, our whole thing, Matt, when we started, I walked into, we were one of the top, say, 10 or 15 teams at our old firm, walked into our new independent broker dealer meeting, and it felt like there were 4,000 people in the room. We only had 400 advisors at the old place. And the only person I knew in the room was my recruiter. And so I went from going to these things, seeing kind of my people, really, that was another catalyst for us. We had a hypothesis when we, when we went independent on how we felt like we could grow, but that was a catalyst to do it sooner rather than later was feeling like kind of that old cheers. You wanted to go where everybody knows your name. You know, it's the same kind of thing. We wanted to rebuild the culture where we had small groups of people and a community that we could lean on each other, which has been fantastic over the last year is having a group that we could really lean on. But I think the key going back to your original question is the idea of attraction, being yourself. You know, my granddad told me, my wife, my first wife and I, long story, we started dating when we were seniors in high school. And for our first Valentine's Day, I gave her a dozen roses. Now they came from a grocery store, whatever it is you do from a senior in high school, but they were a dozen roses. My granddad looked at me when he saw me come up to the house before I went out on a date. And he said, son, don't start something you can't finish. And I think that that is equally true when meeting people and talking to them about potentially joining 
an organization is don't start something you can't finish. Be you, again, however, whatever that means to you. Uh, I don't wear ties. I quit wearing ties when we kind of left the the old world. And so when I, I don't wear ties when we meet, I mean, just, just be yourself. And I, I think that you'll attract the right kind of people. However many that is, is, is fine with me. Sure. Oscar Wilde said, you might as well be yourself because everybody else is taken. And I love that. And I think, and that's one of the neat things And when we met originally, and as I've continued, not just to get to know you, but now I'm starting to get to know some of the members of your team, not, and that also means that not everybody's going to like you and you got to be cool with that because, you know, you want the right people to get on the bus. You want the right people in the right seats. And, and I think you've done a great job with that, but I don't think that still explains, I'm going to put you on the spot here. I don't think that explains this growth. You're a good dude. I got you, brother. I, I, I would love to, you know, and I plan on continuing our relationship well past this podcast, but that doesn't explain whatever percent growth that is year over year. And all of these people wanted to hitch their wagon. What the hell are you doing to get, to attract these people to your system and then having them stay? If you don't mind, let me talk a little bit about what the system is, right? So essentially there are, you know, when I look at building a business, whether it's a practice or because all our, all signature wealth group, the group of advisors where advisors can affiliate or we can do an acquisition of their practice or, or however, usually that's kind of a progression, right? All that is, is an outspring of our original practice of the lab. When I look at building a business, kind of the methodology that I use, I call basis. And basis stands for build, which is your team, your vision, your culture, get really clear about what it is that you're going to build and then attract. So that's bringing in new clients, educate and motivate, which uh, for me, educating and motivating is, you may call it middle of funnel in marketing terms for me. That's the where our, our podcast and blog come in, but our podcast is a big part of that, is just whenever you're ready, here are some ways that we can help. And we continue to say that. That's the end of my podcast. If you were to listen to our, our client-facing podcast, that's the end. Whenever you're ready, here are three ways that we can help. And we go right into that. So kind of that attract part is picking a target market and, and at least one at a time right? It doesn't have to be, you're only going to work with dentists forever. That could be your thing. That's fine. I've found that for a lot of advisors, for the average advisor, that's hard to stick to. Just in, I'm a really practical dude. I can tell you that I'm going to walk 10 miles a day, but it's not happening. So I might as well just decide that I'll walk a mile and a half three times a week or whatever it is. So it, it gets into that attraction, and again, it's the same way then that we built Signature is that we wanted to pick a target market. We are we are ideally positioned, I believe, to serve advisors between 50 and $250 million in assets under management who want to grow. That's it. If you want to align, grow, and monetize your practice, that's where we're at. That's, that's the area where we believe we can take that stuff. So you build, attract, then systematize. So that's where all your systems come in, how you're going to build out your practice, your offer, your, 
your, your planning process, your portfolio management, and, and a lot of advisors, one of the things that we've had to learn, Matt, in dealing with lots of practices is that's the area where most advisors are most fervent in their beliefs. Oh, yeah. They believe in their planning practice. They believe in their investment practice. So that's not something that, that folks who have affiliated with us we don't get into that. They can invest, they handle that part of dealing with their clients themselves because that's where most of us, that's how we came up. That's how we built our, our chops, our identity for a long time. It was an investment thing. Then it was an investment and planning thing. Now it's holistic wealth management or whatever you want to call it, but that's the part where we get hung up. But it's, I won't say it's the least important part, but it's the part that if you want to scale, you can train other people to do that part. So you, you systematize, then the last two are invest. And by that, I don't mean municipal bonds or REITs. I mean, invest in your clients. So that is, we have some, some things that we do around that with the intention of nurturing lifetime relationships. And then finally is scale. So if you do those four things, the last one is scale where you document everything you staff up. I'm a big believer in staffing before the before the need. I can say that a hundred times, but but you will be sad oftentimes if you don't invest ahead of time. And then you again, you, then you get into the ability to have acquisitions, sure. and and so the inorganic growth comes after you've done these other things. And so that's that's how we've built Signature Wealth Group is by understanding that that systematized part, the running of the day-to-day practice, most advisors are great at it. It's, uh, I mean, again, it's kind of the next level of potentially commoditization is that, you know, so you have to work on your unique process, but those other parts of getting the team building just right, attracting the right people and and having, you mentioned, we've had a full-time marketing person for four of the five years that we've been independent, completely full-time. Now she has a staff of three feet, but we believe that perception matters. And we believe that that content matters. Building, attracting, investing in systematic ways of growing your business and then scaling are the things that I think, if you want to go from, again, 50 to 250 million to a billion dollars is those other things that well, you really have to get right. Okay, so so I, I'm I'm thinking that I'm hearing our listeners say, okay, so I join the the Signature Wealth Strategies and the Signature Wealth Group, and you're saying that you're going to give me the opportunity to to scale my business to to do the three things. And I actually didn't write all of them down. What were the three things again? Align. There you go. Grow. Yep. and monetize. Okay, okay, so stop. Thank you, thank you, thank you. How do you help them grow? How do you help them grow? Like, I get how you grow, but how are you in, empowering the advisors to grow? It's it's a lot like the story that advisors tell their clients, right? We get paid in three ways. Yeah, the, the only way that we grow is for our advisors to grow. We are constantly, much like I talked about earlier, that lab so, so the first thing I mentioned earlier, three parts align. First is to help them get clear on their vision, have a documented, this is who we are and what we do as an office. Now, advisors can take on our Signature Wealth Strategies brand if that resonates with them. Uh, most of them now have 
over time. So it's a, it's a process, but it, we have a culture document. We have uh, all those things laid out. And if they resonate, then folks can just tag into that and utilize all of our stuff. Otherwise we white label everything, but from a, from an alignment standpoint, that is aligning you, your team and your client, because that's our responsibility, particularly in times like this is we lead our team and our teams along with us lead our clients. So that's, that's the first part. The second part is to grow. So in terms of growing, it comes from attracting the single target market that you've decided that you work with. So really dialing in on who it is that we're going after. We have advisors who've done all kinds of things. So for example, I've done a book, two podcasts, write for lots of different things. So there are lots of ways that we, all of those we're doing very systematically. We can reproduce all of that. If somebody wanted to write a book, we have a process for that. Podcast process, which our process, I think going forward is going to be called Proudmouth but to then have ways that, that folks can leverage that. And then the last one was monetize. And there are two ways that you can really monetize your practice. You can ramp up organically. So you can continue that growth. You can invest in your clients and drill deeper into those relationships, or you can go into inorganic growth. And we have, we've done many, acquisitions ourselves. So we have a lot of experience in all those different things. We really do a lot of, again, going back to the roots of some of our leadership team, we do a lot of coaching and consulting with our practices on where it is that they want to go next. That you answered that beautifully. And that was exactly where I, I wanted to drill down there. And I'm going to summarize a little bit of that because I want to make sure that I'm 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 proud mouthing slash our the context of our podcast because I think everybody knows that our goal is when we get somebody like Chip on the podcast that we want to kind of deconstruct their level of success, reverse engineer, and then then explain it in maybe a little bit different way because whatever that's just how life works. The idea of being able to align yourself not only with your clients, but with your target market and with your offerings is freaking brilliant. And a lot of you guys are incongruent. You are totally incongruent. One thing says one thing and something says something else and they're not working together. So getting somebody who has done this so many times to make sure that they're really clarifying that message is vital. Number two, making sure that you're in, and you guys are all going to get really tired of me saying this. It's all about a niche. And I think Chip just said something that is really important is it doesn't have to be a forever niche. You know what, Chip? I don't think I've ever heard anybody say that second part. It doesn't have to be a lifetime niche, right? Maybe you want to work with the dentists right now, and then you want to work with podiatrists, and then maybe you want to work with contractors. Don't care. But here's the thing is you have to have a very succinct message to get to those people. And because you know how to help people write books, you know how to help people podcast, you guys have great content that you already have for all of them. That really, that really helps out. So I love, love, love the idea that uh, those first two things, and then the, the scale component of it, or really like the acquisition and the monetization of it, I think a lot of people want to grow that way, dude. But I think a lot of people are really afraid because there's all sorts of outside consultants and people who say, I can help you with that. But you know what? They haven't done it. I mean, you guys have done this a bunch of times, knowing that if they're hitching their wagon to you, that they get all of those three things. I think, I think you're kind of a juggernaut in this situation. You're going to just continue to gain more and more momentum. What do you think? 
so one of the things when I think about scale, and, and I, we may have another conversation another time on scale. I, I enjoy talking about this, but I'm reminded of uh, Blue Man Group. You're familiar. Oh, you know, yeah. Out, they, they did the first 1,300 shows with just three of them in an understudy, but the understudy never performed for the first 1,300 shows. And all of a sudden, one of them got hurt. The guy came in and you all of a sudden saw that you can run this. And so from there on out, there were four of them and one of them would always take a night off. Now they are in, I forget, 10 or 15 cities. They sold a service away. But one of the things that when they interviewed the founders that they talked about was that part of leading the company was being willing to occasionally put on the paint. That's powerful. I know, right? It is the, and that's the difference, though, between being an advisor, working with and leading a, an advisory group like this, being a consultant, or and I've got a high level of respect for, for all of those folks. Sure. But for me, I still have about 100 families that I work with, very systematized. I've got associate advisors. You know, there, there's a, a way, but I have done this from the three-person team to now, and, and every day I put on the paint, and I think that's the difference, and and so when you're talking about, I'm trying to figure out and make this decision. I have a handful of advisors that I coach one-on-one, and it's that's the difference, it, is that bringing in somebody who has done a circus show who is an, a phenomenal athlete is fine, but there's a big difference between that person and any of the people who put on the paint. And, and so that's a big, big difference. Dude, put on the paint is such a powerful statement. I cannot wait to talk to my team about that tomorrow because I just, that that's right. There's nothing in the world. You can have the experience and you can have the knowledge, but if you have both, that that that's the big difference maker okay so you have the maximum advisor podcast which by the way we're having the show notes everybody needs to subscribe to that it's freaking awesome okay i, I want to thank you one because i knew you were going to be a great guest did you you i have a page of crap that i just wrote down from you that i'm actually going to bring to my team which is why i'm so grateful for my job that i get to talk to people like you and interview them and learn from them so i want to pay you back i want to say thank you uh not just personally we're going to give you all sorts of shouts out on social if somebody wants to work with you in any way, whether that's, you know, learning more about Signature, you've got books, you you got a book, which I have, uh, actually, I told you I don't have it anymore because I, I gave it to a friend of mine. What can I do for you? What, tell everybody how they can engage you somehow, because you're a genuinely good person and I wish you all the success in the world. I appreciate that. Uh, the easiest place to find me is, uh, I mean, you can go to chipmon.com which is simple enough. All my stuff kind of runs through there, but I'd love for people to check out the podcast. I, we're not for everybody. And I've heard you say a whole bunch of times that one of the good parts about having a podcast is that people can listen. They can listen in a place that's non-threatening and easy for them. And they can get a pretty clear idea who you are and who you aren't and whether or not you're their kind of people. For anybody who would want to know anything about me, Signature Wealth Group, or anything like that, I think that the best place to start is to go over to Maximum Advisor. You can do it on iTunes or MaximumAdvisor.com. Check it out. You'll uh, We've interviewed a lot of people, Matt included. Yeah, it's a great way just to find out more. I think you get a really clear picture, Matt, of who I am and what I'm about via that medium of just having conversation with other people. 
we're also going to make sure that we uh, have a link to your book. Uh, you want to talk about the book real quick? So I have two. One, and the one that you're referring to, which there's another copy to you in the mail, is the Retirement Remix that came out March the 2nd. We then did a podcast off of that. So now everything on our client-facing side is, is driven towards and by that Retirement Remix concept. And then the other one, which I'd be happy to email to anybody for free, you can just send me an email, chip at MaximumAdvisor.com, is called Leap Before You Look. And it's my very brief, about 50 pages. It's my story of kind of growing and scaling the business. So it's a little more biopic in that, how did you go from sixth grade teacher? And then I've got another one on the basis method that'll be coming out soon called Get More Assets. So, I mean, who doesn't want to do that? But all that stuff's available, podcast, website, just check it out. Dude, I didn't know you had an ebook. You didn't tell me that before. I I would you. I I want a copy of that because I love that story. That's why I asked you the story. I wanted to have everybody hear of this this super cool journey that you took. So I'm gonna I, I will email you there and I'll get a copy of the book too. Chip, dude, thank you so much. Please, everybody, subscribe to the Maximum Advisor podcast. He has great guests. I mean, like legit guests on there. He's a great host. Him and I were joking before uh, I hit re we both hit record today. Uh, we both like being on the uh, the interviewing side of the mic a lot more than the interviewee. And uh, I got to pay you back because I was on your show and I jokingly and not really jokingly said, yeah, I'm way more comfortable interviewing people than I am being interviewed. He did a great job. Great interviewer because here's the thing, everybody. I think one of the, one of the things that you can tell just from hearing him speak is one, he cares and two, he listens. And those are two things that I think a lot of us really are skills that we've forgotten, especially the listening component. When you know that somebody is genuinely listening and cares about what you have to say, I think that changes the game. And not only is that something that Chip does with his podcast, but I've met some of his team members now, they say the same thing. And it's just, it's nice to be surrounded by, by people like Chip. So Chip, dude, thank you so much for being on the show. I can't thank you enough, man. Appreciate it, brother. It was great. Great doing it. We'll do it again sometime. Yeah. Well, we're totally, I'm, you're coming back for scale. So where I'm already made a note to, I'm having you come back and probably gonna have you be on our other podcast though, the be your own loud podcast. Cause I really want to dive into the scale a little bit differently. It's a little bit different of an audience, but I want to thank, uh, I want to thank chip and everybody at signature wealth group and strategies, all everybody who helps produce the maximum advisor podcast. I also want to thank uh, restream.io who is our sponsor. Gosh, if you ever want to do live streaming, they are absolutely unbelievable. It's one of the best tools that we've found to truly uh, scale your credibility, accelerate your influence and get your voice out in the marketplace and really cover all bases with one click. So if you have not subscribed to the podcast, make sure you click that subscribe now button below. That way, every time we come out with a new podcast or show up directly on your listening device. If you know anybody who'd be a great guest, go ahead and give me an email. You guys are probably already following me on social media. So just go ahead and DM me there. And finally, find a way for you to rise above the noise and to be your own loud. Stop being the best kept secret in your area. And the best way to do that is to create custom content whether that's blogs, books, videos, podcasts, don't care. Just find a way for you to rise above the noise. Because it is your responsibility as a professional to make sure that you're getting your voice out there and overcoming the substantial amount of misinformation that's in our marketplace specifically. All right, everybody, we'll see you on the other side of the mic very soon. Thanks for listening to the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast brought to you by Proudmouth. If you want to learn more about how you can be your own loud, 
Visit our website, read our blog posts, attend our educational webinars, and sign up for our new Influence Accelerator Academy, where you too can learn how to truly be an influencer in your space. Have a wonderful day.